Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Clumsy Theosis. How's it going, everybody? Really quick, before we get into the topic, let's start with a reflection question, if you will. Why do you go to Mass on Sunday? Now, is it because you're Catholic and you've accepted and agreed to the fact that Catholics, yeah, we just go to Mass. We go to liturgy on Sunday. Every Sunday. Yeah, that's valid. Religious obedience, never a bad thing. Or maybe you go because... You just feel good when you go, and you don't know what it is. You can't put it into words, but something happens between the time that you walk into the church and the time that you walk out that just makes the world seem like a better place. Or you might simply answer, I go to Mass, I go to liturgy because I love Jesus, and I want to be with Him. Hey, that's great. That's awesome. And anytime I've ever heard anyone explain why they go to liturgy on Sunday, the answer that I've heard would always fall in one of these three categories, and that goes for myself included. And I'm willing to bet that like we've never really seriously gone beyond these answers, never really like searched out a deeper meaning for why we go. And if we think about it from the outside looking in to the Catholic Church, it might look odd. Like think about it. We go to a building on hollow ground, and when we get there, we kneel down, we stand up, we sit for a little while, we stand up again, to kneel again. At some point, we get in a line and walk slowly up an aisle, and then we kneel and we sit a little bit more. I mean, why do we do this instead of just tuning into our local televangelist from the comfort of our couch? Or going to meet up with some of our friends who happen to like Jesus also? And we could call them like a faith community. Why don't we just meet up with a community of believers and just go somewhere else, anywhere else? And right now, you're probably like, Rochelle, that's different. Mass is different. Well, of course, yes, you're right. Mass is different, but why? So really quickly, I want to look at the word liturgy. Now, the Catholic Church uses the word liturgy throughout the church, and that applies to the Western Church, like the Roman Rite and the Eastern Rites of the Catholic Church. And the word liturgy is classified as like an action, or you could say a work. Um, It's an action or a work of the church. I like to refer to it as like a public worship. I think that paints it a little bit better. So it's like a public worship of the whole church. And the whole church is the mystical body of Christ, meaning the head and the body. Us, we are the members. We are the body of Christ. But the head of Christ is Jesus himself. So the mystical body of Christ requires us and Jesus together, and when we are together performing some sort of public worship, we are engaging in the liturgy. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds a whole lot like what we would typically call Catholic Mass. Now, in the Eastern Rite Catholic churches, we refer to our Mass as divine liturgy. So going forward, I'm just going to use the word liturgy because that's what I'm used to, and that's what the church uses when it's going to talk about the Mass like if you read papal documents and such. So here's the thing about the liturgy. The liturgy is the summit and the font of the church. 
Like that's a big claim. The summit, as in like the highest height, and the font, as in like a continual source of life of the church. Like that's why it's different. And that's why we go and why Jesus instituted the whole thing in the first place at the Last Supper. So let's sink our teeth into those claims. Summit and font, what do they mean? Let's go with the analogy of hiking. Do you like hiking? I like hiking, but I rarely ever go. And that's probably because mountains are outside and the sun is always outside. And if you've ever seen a picture of me, you'll know that I'm just pale, right? Just super pale. And I would go hiking at night, but I also know that that's when like the hardcore predators come out. So no thank you. But anyways, summit, when you're hiking, the summit is the goal, right? Like you aim to get to the top of the mountain that you're climbing. And maybe that's just because things are better at the top, right? You always want to be at the top. So to say that liturgy is summit is to say that that is what we are aiming towards all week long. And when we recognize that liturgy is the summit of our week, we can identify three major characteristics that set it apart. One being that we're able to praise God in his church. Two being that we're able to take part in the sacrifice. And three, that we're able to eat the Last Supper. So praising God in his church. Yes, we praise God all the time, all day long, like with our works of charity, um, in our prayer time. But it's different in the liturgy because in the liturgy, we who are the adopted sons and daughters of God, all of us who are able to cry out, Abba, Father, we're able to participate in the highest form of praise. And if you remember from a couple of episodes ago, the highest form of praise is the Eucharist. And it's only available to us in the liturgy. Now, when we're taking part in the sacrifice, what we're doing is we are recalling our baptism. And why are we doing that? Because our baptism is where we were drawn into the Paschal mystery. And the Paschal mystery is Jesus's death, his burial, and his resurrection. So at our baptism, we were drawn into that. And so now we are always able to take part in that sacrifice. And that's what we are able to do every time we go to the liturgy, is we're able to recall that we are part of the Paschal mystery, that we take part in the Paschal mystery. And lastly, to eat the Last Supper. Okay, so this right here, I feel like I need to have like a drum roll or some sort of like dramatic music to do this justice. So when we eat the Last Supper, we're getting a foretaste of the heavenly banquet. Like seriously, a foretaste of the heavenly banquet. Do you experience that when you go up to receive communion at Mass, at liturgy? Because I know I don't. There have been times when I have, but typically I don't experience that. Why? Because I'm doing it wrong. We're doing it wrong. We need to be in the proper headspace and the proper spiritual place to really encounter that foretaste of the heavenly banquet. Dude, like that's awesome. And that is available to us if we get it together. All right, so moving on to font. To say that the liturgy is the font like think of like a well, like a well, like a, a wellspring, an endless wellspring that we are continually able to draw from. And so what are we drawing out? We're drawing out living water, right? And how are we doing that? Through There's three ways in which we do that. One is by our, us 
becoming one in holiness. We become one in holiness with the Lord and then as a body because we have been filled with the Paschal sacrifice, right? Because we're filled with the Paschal sacrifice, we can become one in holiness. And two, we have a renewal in the Eucharist. And that means that we're able to renew the last covenant made between man and God, right? So like the last covenant made between man and God was with Jesus on the cross. And like I said, we're able to partake in the Paschal mystery. And when we do that, we're renewing the Eucharistic covenant. And the third way we do that is, I mean, think about it. We just had, we just partook of the Eucharist, right? And filled with God who is love, we are filled with Christ. And in that, our hearts are just set on fire. If we pay attention, especially like after mass, if you just sit there and let the Eucharist resonate within you, you can totally feel and experience the fact that like, you're a little different after you've received the Eucharist. And that's because your heart is being set on fire with the love of God. And you can't help that because God is physically inside of you, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And so with our understanding that the liturgy is the summit and the font of the church, it's encouraging because we know that we're on a pilgrimage to a heavenly Jerusalem and you have to prepare for the journey, right? And the liturgy is essential for us to do that. And so how do we do it? Like, what's the practical way for us to do that? And how do we apply this new layer of truth to our spiritual lives to ensure that the liturgy is, in fact, the summit of our week and the font from which we are drawing from in order to set out on the next week? And the answer is learning to have full, active, and conscious participation. But that is a whole topic in itself. And so that will actually be next week's topic, But for now, I think we really need to firmly implant it in our minds and make it a desire of our heart to have the liturgy actually be what it's supposed to be in that it's supposed to be the summit and the font of our life. So for this week, until next week, make it a daily habit. Add it to your examination of conscience before you go to bed, right? Every day, recall that last Sunday, the liturgy was the font that you were able to draw from so that you could be one in holiness with the Lord, that you you were able to renew the Eucharist, to renew the covenant between man and God, and that your heart was indeed set on fire with Christ's love. And also recall that, remind yourself that next Sunday is your short-term end goal, that you will be able to praise God in his church through the Eucharist. You'll be able to take part in the sacrifice of the Paschal mystery, and you'll be able to eat the Last Supper. And these are extremely important because they will help you to appreciate the Mass that you just attended last Sunday. And it'll help you to persevere in in this week that you're in because you will remember and you'll recall that you have been filled with all this grace from that liturgy And it'll help get you towards the next liturgy. And you'll be more excited when you walk into Mass on Sunday because you know that you'll be filled with even more grace to help you with your next week's journey on your pilgrimage towards holiness. I am really excited about my next liturgy. I don't know about you. And every day I'm going to make it a plan to recall these three facts that make the liturgy the summit and these three facts that make the liturgy the font of the church, of my spiritual life. 
because I want to be in solidarity with you. So I'm going to do it every day. I want you to do it every day. Yeah. And then next week, we're going to come back and talk about full active and conscious participation, which will be a little bit more practical. But until then, everyone, it's been real. If you like this episode, let me know. And you can do that by subscribing to this podcast or by writing a review. I love your reviews. You can also follow me on Instagram to keep up with what's going on with me and with the podcast. And if you want, you can email me, clumsytheosis at catholic.com. Oh, and on Instagram, it's at clumsytheosis. Super simple. All right. Tell your friends. Tell two friends. That's it. I don't want this time to end, but I have to go. And that's it. All right, everyone. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in this week to Clumsy Theosis. Each week, we explore a topic within the Catholic faith to aid listeners like yourself, as well as yours truly, in the advancement and deepening of the spiritual life and the personal ownership of our relationship with the big guy upstairs and his church. As cliche as it sounds, the world needs you. Become who you were created to be with Clumsy Theosis, the place to transform the world by transforming yourself.